0: Back to this episode of Back to the Past, the Alternate History podcast. I'm Nick, and today, since Rohan couldn't make it, we decided to invite back one of our former co hosts. Ted, you can introduce yourself real quick for the people who might be new to this podcast.
1: Hello, I'm uh, Ted Patel. I was one of the original hosts for this Back to the Past podcast. I quit at season two, end of season two. Yeah. And I was a guest for one of the episodes, and I'm going to be replacing uh rohan for this episode
0: yes so just a quick heads up for anybody who didn't know he was part of our team for the first two seasons so if you do hear a third voice and that's when you hear a third voice that's his voice usually but otherwise let's get on to this topic of this episode so as you may know this episode is going to be focusing on what if william jennings bryan won the election of 1896 so for many who don't know who william jennings bryan is he's the first so-called i would Consider him to be a real comp, first common man person. Now, people will say that's Andrew Jackson. He definitely does apply that kind of populist sentiment in a sense, especially after the Corrupt Bargain of 1824. But I kind of refer to William Jennings Bryan as the first real comp person who spoke to the common people. And he was known as the Great Commoner as well. That was a nickname of his. And so originally, he actually won the Democratic Convention of 1896. So he won that nomination for the Democratic Party and the Populist Party. And he mainly won the Democratic nominee, mainly because of his famous speech, Cross of Gold. And so basically, with this famous line, he said, you shall not press down on the brow of labor with this crown of thorns. You shall not crucify mankind on a cross of gold. And William Jennings Bryan was actually a really religious person, as if you might know a little bit about him later on, which we'll definitely talk about how religious he actually is later on. But William Jennings Bryan, I think, honestly, probably would have been one of the most impactful presidents in American history if he was elected. So... First off, let's talk about how he would get elected. So, how do you like? What states do you think he would have to win, or what factors do you think would have to would he have to change in this case for William Jennings Bryan to win in eighteen ninety six?
1: So, I think McKinley is really strong in the Northeast. So, I think William Jennings Bryan really doesn't have a chance in the Northeast. I mean, some can say that you can try to get like the swing states like Ohio, but McKinley was really strong on the Northeast states because. He formed like a coalition with businessmen and like skilled, like he had like very popular opinions that skilled factory workers had similar with him, even though skilled factory workers were more aligned to the democratic party. But I would say that I think William Jennings Bryan for the state he needs to win is maybe like California.
0: So I think you are definitely on the right track, but I think more so the reason why McKinley was very successful in convincing factory workers was mainly because he used free silver actually against William Jennings Bryan, stating that, that this would this currency, this new uh, standard in a sense bimetallism would actually debase their wages, which I guarantee to industrial workers weren't happy. And besides that, the factory workers were also threatening to lay off people and shut down factories actually if they went out and voted Bryan as well. So I think that definitely changed – that definitely uh, – Flip states such as Indiana in favor of uh McKinley. So and also Kentucky as well, because Kentucky Kentucky is kinda of low, kind of low key it was kinda low-key a rust belt state, not Rust Belt It's kinda of low-key an industrial state, more so towards the north, like Louisville. But otherwise, I'm gonna also touch on, for example, you were talking about the Northeast. And that's also the reason why he didn't win California, because California is kinda of like the home of the Western bankers in a sense, because the bankers were anti Brian like <laughs> crazy. And there's also in the media that was also against William Jennings Bryan in a sense. And otherwise, let's I want to get let's get back onto what states he would he would win to win. So in this scenario, I think he would honestly need to win California and Oregon, which are two western states. But they were they were, California while being mixed on free was kind of mixed on free silver, although they did have silver rushes, I'm pretty sure. And the Oregon was also kind of kind of mixed on free silver as well. I think they were more favorable to free silver. Iowa was more favorable to free silver as well, but Iowa at the same time was also was also pretty uh, prone to populism, especially with, for example, I believe in 1892 James B. Weaver was an Iowan as well, and he won several states out in the Midwest area, like like San, like South Dakota, Wyoming. I'm just paraphrasing because I'm not. I'm just listing states that he might have won or he did actually win. And then the last state, I, the last two states I put down was mainly Kentucky and Indiana. Kentucky mainly because it is a it was I would consider it to be part of the Solid South in a sense. And the solid South is definitely still in effect here. And it doesn't change until the 1960s, the late 1960s, actually, as a result of the civil rights. But getting back to it, there's also Indiana as well, which I think would probably be the best state for the populist message to go through.
1: I just wanted to say an interesting fact was during that election, voters in Kentucky chose electors directly. So actually. Um, he won one elector, yeah. Yeah, he actually there was won was a won faithless one elector.
0: elector. And yeah, I wouldn't I think- be surprised.
1: Do you think that changed the results of the election or not really? So even then, let's just say it's opposite
0: in a sense where – well, it didn't really change it overall too much. But let's just say even if there is one election, elector that's faithless to McKinley, it'd be – how I had the map, it's 227 electoral votes for Bryan, the 220 for McKinley, just barely itching it off. And honestly, whenever I think of William Jennings' Bryan, I know this might be a little bit controversial. But if you look at him, he kind of seems like a mo- – uh, 1896 Donald Trump in the sense where he might not be wealthier as a businessman at all. That's just far from the truth. For example, he was able to tap into farmers very well, and Trump was is actually was doing very well rural country, rural counties actually almost maxing the mountain in 2020 as a matter of fact in several places, and that's why you see for example his for example he's a right wing populist. That's why he's did very well in Ohio and other states. But let's get back onto the actual scenario. So William Jennings Bryan wins in 1896. And William McKinley loses. So let's talk about the immediate impact of a William Jennings Bryan presidency. So I think first off, we have to touch on free silver for sure. So free silver, if you if you don't know, free silver was a movement in the 1880s, 1890s, around that time period, really pushed by farmers in a sense, and eventually the Populist Party or People's Party as it was actually known as. And what the populist party pushed for, and farmers pushed for, in a sense, is because of the fact that the farmers couldn't really pay off their loans due to higher and higher inflation. And this was especially evident during the Panic of 1893, because remember, it was a it, there was a panic just a short time ago in 1893, which which also led to further distrust in the government because of J.P. Morgan bailing them out in 1893 as well. Because of this deflation, as a result of the gold standard becoming having less and less gold in the gold reserve, in a sense, and currencies becoming the current the American currency to gold becoming less and less valuable, Brian decided to say, hey, we should put in bimetallism and we should introduce silver into the standard. So it would be a silver and gold standard, and I believe it was at a 16 to 1 ratio. I might be wrong. It was probably at a 16 – if I'm correct, it is at a 16 to 1 ratio, which gold would be at a fixed rate, which if it was at a fixed rate, that's, not, that's, that's definitely subject to change in the future, for example. But let's just say he introduces free silver at 16 to 1 ratio. And that was the event that was the actual goal of the Populist Party, in a sense. So, I think, in a sense, it would definitely help farmers immediately, but at the same time, that would definitely help hurt the workers as well. So, what do you think about free silver specifically being implemented in, say, 1897 when William Jennings Bryan gets it? Because he's not, he's going to need the support of Congress, which, with the solid South and then the whole West, and potentially almost like a, a sweep almost of the, of the House, Senate, and Presidency as well being democratic, which would be absolutely incredible. How do you think this would change the view on not only the presidency in a sense? Because then it's almost like wow, so a common man can really get the presidency, because you really only see affluent people really win the presidency. Maybe up until Harry Truman, because Harry Truman was not wealthy at all, and and we're not going to really touch on him this episode. It's just a thing to mention. So what do you think about? So what do you think the free silver would do to the American economy?
1: I think we'll have a really good uh short uh time benefit and obviously this is linked directly to the farmers because it's going to inflate the price for their crops and it's going to help farmers uh relieve their debt but I think long term um it's not going to have the same effect on the crops I think I think there's like this is like a debate and controversial between economics because some say it's good that the gold standard was there because the gold standard's main focus to limit uh, government spending and then helped us, you know, in the future helped us get away from that but adding silver to the standard just adds up way too many variables but if i had to choose that if the silver coinage was added i'll say it would just really help farmers short time but at the end it the the silver silver way may actually get inflated or deflated. Either way, like how gold was having a problem during the panic before eighteen ninety six. I think the panic was eighteen ninety four. Eighteen ninety
0: three. You're right. Eighteen ninety three. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Eighteen ninety three.
1: And it's like really important because how to like sway Congress because there was not really a, like a common man in Congress, and like during this time was like. Business owners, and we were facing, I mean, we're getting to guild, uh, like, where business owners were having a lot of power, you know, have like Andrew Carnegie, but like, I think like, Andrew Carnegie. and Andrew Carnegie. Sorry, I pronounced that. My bad. Uh, but my point is that like, con- there was like no common man in Congress. And obviously, if William Jennings Bryan won the presidency, it would have been very uh, strange and peculiar. But I think that he had to like try to like get as many democratic seats in Congress and try to convince many uh, politicians to support uh, like farmers, like pro farmer laws, because technically the point of view of like adding this uh, law or I'll say like, I'll say it's like a law, but it's more of like adding another standard because the gold standard was called the gold standard because it had, economic value laws are more like political influence but adding to my point is that obviously during this time business had a lot of power or the social political economic influence and for something to have like pro farmer influence into the period right now is gonna be very difficult and it's gonna be hard William Jennings Bryan to implement his full uh, silver standard with the gold standard combined i'll say i mean during this time populism was very popular and we all know that populism becomes into progressive era later on in like 20 years but well, it jennings- happens
0: like really during
1: uh, as a result of mckinley's death so yeah it's about five years not even five years but the thing is even if william jennings bryan is president for these four years is he going to be president for the next four years and that's just like a whole other conversation and it really depends obviously on the spanish-american conflict but we'll go to there but i think to summarize my main point is that obviously simply that the silver um, so sil- uh the free silver uh coinage will just have a good effect for farmers short term but just way too many variables long-term that it just may have the same problem of like deflating or inflating too much.
0: All right. Yeah, I think you did bring up a good point. Number one, for example, you're definitely right about, you were talking about gold standard and the debate in economics, whether or not it's a good thing in a sense, because the gold standard does provide stability in a sense, because either you're going to be, it's really, from what I've heard, and now don't, don't quote me exactly, but it's around a 5% of deflation or inflation. It's around that Ratio in a sense, so it's controllable in a sense compared to, say, uh, for example, what we're doing now, and that, and that inflation is considered to be a huge problem. And there's also the case of, for example, the gold standard being actually slashed several times during, for example, the New Deal. For FDR, I'm pretty sure, cut cut out the gold standard. There's also uh, Nixon who cut out the gold standard, which his policy still stands in today. And Besides that, I think also you were talking about with uh, com- no common men being in Congress. I think you'd be correct about the Senate specifically because the Senate is a, uh, a at this time period, before William Jennings and Bryan would actually get in, would be uh, hand selected by the state legislators in a sense. And it's not like, for example, the House of Representatives, which is considered the People's House. So I think, in a sense, at least in the Western states, I feel as if they would be electing more populist officials. And so let me tr- let's me let actually transfer on to progressive reform. So progressivism does come out of populism as a result of McKinley's death in 1901 to an, an- to an anarchist. Now, the name I don't remember exactly. It's Leon something. I'm going to try to pronounce the last name, but I remember it's Leon something. And so as a result of McKinley's death, we have Theodore Roosevelt, who's a progressive and often regarded to be one of the best U.S. presidents in American history come to power. And so he does several things. He does tr- He's a trust buster he's a he's a conservative in the sense i'm not talking about like a conservative like right wing i'm talking about more so because he wanted to conserve the environment in in the sense so he's a he's a conservationist my bad and so while i don't think brian would exactly be a conservationist in a sense i think he would definitely put in more of a more progressive reforms for example because he i think there would be for example an implementation of uh Direct Senate elections, direct Senate elections, and other populist reforms—I can't remember off the top of my head, honestly. There's definitely a couple that do exist, but I just can't—I just can't remember off the top of my head. Besides the progressive reforms, I think we should jump over to the, the probably the, one of the the more important parts of a William Jennings, Jennings Bryan, a William Jennings Bryan presidency, and that would be the Spanish-American War, as you foreshadowed so previously. So, I think with the Spanish-American War, for example. We would definitely still see America win, and I think America would have to enter as a result of the example, exa- well, as a result, for example, of uh, the Yellow Press, for example, kind of urging the country on to war in a sense, and promoting this idea of djangoism in a sense. And I'm, um, I know I'm not using a time-specific term, so Yellow Press is basically the press during a time period egging them on, like egging uh, American citizens to go to war, and jingoism in a sense is just hyper hyper nationalism but you want to take over other countries as well so with the spanish-american war being won how do you think william jennings Bryan would divvy divvy out the reward for example because i think for example we would see the freedom of the philippines so we wouldn't have so no u.s occupation of the philippines until 1946 when the u.s finally leaves coincidentally on 4th of july and i think there's also the case that we see also, the Insular Cases, which, is our, which are a group of Supreme Court cases during the early 1900s, debating whether or not, in a sense, does the Constitution follow the flag. And what I mean by that is, do the rules of the United States apply to, to US territories, for example, like Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico, where we're talking about uh, the Philippines in our actual history? And so… I think, in a sense, we would not have the insular cases at all, mainly because I think William Jennings Bryan would allow them to be more self-autonomous, in a sense. And he also signs several. He also signed several treaties. He's also a very uh, religious man, and we're going to get into one more thing actually about this before we clo- close out, speci- specifically with his religion, how religious he was. So I want to bring over the question to you: What do you think? Willi- what do you think William Jennings Bryan would do as a result of the Spanish-American War? Because I stated my opinion that I think, due to his uh, anti-imperialist views, and as we see. For example, William Jennings Bryan's views on, say, should the Constitution follow the flag, which he would say yes in this actual history, as he did in actual, but which he would say yes into in this scenario as he did in actual history. So what's your, so what's your opinion about what would happen to the, as a result of the Spanish American, specifically the Puerto Rico, well Cuba, I'm almost certain would be freed in this scenario, and then the Philippines as well.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's interesting how you say that Teddy Roosevelt and William Jennings Bryan are like have both like. Trying to pass like progressive policies. Obviously, Teddy Roosevelt was more aggressive, but definitely both differences is that once very imperialist, you know, Teddy Roosevelt had the big stick policy. Uh, we're not going to do anything to you, but if you do anything to us, we will come at you. But William Jennings so basically Sprott, he
0: was like a modern day flexer. <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? modern so day flexer.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, like, definitely the j- joke. Of back in the days? Joke of back in the days? Or like a meme, you know, a meme. Yeah, I'm
0: a big stick policy. That is pretty funny though. What's funny is that you were talking about Roosevelt as well, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but you're talking about Roosevelt and specifically, for example, Brian did not want to run against him because he's like, oh, this guy does a lot of the same policies that I have, so it makes no sense to run. And I think it's also important to note that William Jennings Bryan does become a secretary of state later on under Woodrow Wilson. And Woodrow Wilson is a very interesting character, and I think we probably – we should be doing a uh, episode on him. And that's for you, Rohan, in editing. So I know you're listening.
1: Yeah, I mean I could, I could go all on about Woodrow Wilson, but I think like getting focused, getting on focused, uh, William Jennings Bryan was very – I will say he, he had very strong anti-imperialist ideas, even though he wasn't really accepted in the anti-imperialism league due to conflict with some of its big members, but he definitely had anti-imperialist uh, ideas. So back to the Spanish-American War, I don't think there's no way uh, he could stop the war. I mean, like, the war got caused, caused by the USS Maine explosion, and even though the Spain said that it was an accident, even if William Jennings Bryan tried to convince America that it was an accident, he, they would have got convinced to join the war. However, after the war, they're probably still going to win. I think the results is obviously trying to have a very anti-imperialist way, like obviously the independence of the Philippines, but we could see the same way they did to Cuba to Philippines. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm saying this right. They They created the Platt Amendment in Cuba, which they had really strong influence in the Cuban government. Even though Cuba had influence, they could do the same thing with the Philippines over there, just in case that Japan doesn't invade them. Except because Japan, obviously in the future, wants that key territory. So if America sees Philippines getting threatened, they still have ties to that country and being you know threatened by Japan. Well, I
0: think mainly because... Uh, well, Philippines would probably still be attacked in this scenario, but I think America specifically would still be attacked as a result of the oil embargo. But I don't want to really touch on World War II too, too much. But I yes. like where you're thinking. I like where you're thinking.
1: I'm just saying that America... I mean, William Jennings Bryan is trying to keep very anti-imperialist, but we're talking about like after the Spanish-American war during like imperialism age where the public sold for imperialism where a lot, there's like discussions between Congress for media imperialism laws due to businesses expanding markets overseas. So I think while well, William Jennings Bryan's will prevent things like annexation of definitely Philippines, because that was definitely a McKinley, uh, sorry, McKinley thing. And probably what you said about no insular uh, cases in Puerto Rico, if they even keep Puerto Rico as a territory, I mean, they are probably not going to be independent because, I mean, what they will do as independent, same thing as Guam and like other territories they got. But I
0: think it would be like if they're going to let them go independent, be like a Cuba type of independence where America's yeah. basically just, they're just still America's, uh, <laughs> in a sense, I'm not going to say the word, but you know what I mean.
1: Yes, I think no country is going to be fully independent. It's just during this age, it was called the imperialism age. But with influence with William Jennings Bryan, it's got to be less – I think William Jennings Bryan is going to be like an obstacle in this scenario during the imperialism age, I'll say.
0: All right, yeah. So I think you do have a good point. So I want to touch on two important things before we go. And I think, number one, we're going to talk about near the end of William Jennings Bryan's life, and that's going to be the Scopes Monkey Trial. So I, so for people who don't know what the Scopes Monkey Trial is, it's basically a Supreme Court case that basically is what should the evolution, theory of evolution be taught or not. And William Jennings Bryan was, as a result, actually died really shortly after in a sense. So I think, as for an example, if he was to be president, I don't think that he would participate in the Scopes Monkey Trial. And I, I just don't think that would work because I don't know why a former president would defend something. And I know he was definitely a pretty big—he was very religious in a sense. And so, and I, this is when I was alluding to his religion specifically a lot during the video during the episode. And I think, for example, the Scopus Monkey Trial would def, probably still happen. I don't think—I don't think—as a result of a William Jennings Bryan presidency, anything would really change. But I think more so that he would not be participating in the Scopes Monkey trial. So I think even then, he might – he could die around the same time. In fact, he might die a little later in, the, in our actual history. But overall, I think he uh, still would die within the decade, let's just say. So uh, before before we go, I think we should also mention about long-term effects. So what do you think – Long what long-term effects would a William Jennings Bryan presidency have on the world?
1: I, like, I want to go back to the point of like the imperialism age as an obstacle – if let's say i don't think i mean william jennings Bryan may win the second presidency if he does he's gonna delay even more imperialist actions then probably teddy roosevelt will come and start influencing more maybe william Howard taft but also woodrow wilson was very anti-imperialist so i think uh for america to get like even if like they got some other territories or more influence overseas it will take a longer period of time I think that's a great long-term effect for this scenario due to how many anti-imperialist presidents we're going to get. Uh, another scenario is probably we're going to have a whole different way on approaching economics due to this, to this new change because like unseen variables... Based on, free yeah, gold, I, I think you're right
0: about that. I think, for example, like the, that would introduce a whole nother set of problems because then not only would we have to get off of gold, we have to get off of silver as well. I think you're right about that.
1: I mean, that could introduce like way new, like candidates and presidents that we'll never expect. You never know because a lot of these presidents yes. are backed up about economic pro- uh, proposals. And And laws. I think
0: some of the people who would, sorry to interrupt you, but I think some of the people we can expect not to ever become president in a sense. I don't think Woodrow Wilson would become a president, for example, and I think that's because, number one, he had the perfect conditions in 1912, the win, split ticket, and this was between a, an unpopular incumbent and then Teddy Roosevelt, who, while he, was, he wasn't an incumbent, he was still a relatively well-known face in, the, in American politics, specifically because he was a president for two times, and this allowed him, as to, not only because he was a, a, a Southerner as well in a sense, because he was a Southern Democrat in a sense, while he did govern New Jersey. He was a he was a big racist, and I think we eventually, when we do a Woodrow Wilson episode, I think that we would have to touch on that specifically because he is that is very important. I think a number of person who might not ever become president in this scenario would be potentially Franklin Delano Roosevelt as well, because I kind of see Franklin Delano Roosevelt as like a neo progressive in a sense. And what I mean is that he he introduced a lot of reforms that honestly, if if progressivism happened after uh. progressivism actually happened in our scenario. So I'll just say progressivism happens in 1900, right? And then prog- another era of progressivism immediately starts. I think he would he would be one of the forefronts of that, like neo-progressivism in a sense. So like, I don't think FDR would become president unless the same conditions happen, which definitely could. And, and I want to mention specifically Wilson not becoming president, for example, we would have an entire different foreign policy. And that would be because of the fact is that well basically Wilsonian, the idea of Wilsonian interventionism is is such an important is such an important aspect of our country even to this day when we when people are like why are we intervening in all these places thank woodrow wilson woodrow Wilson Woodrow Wilson is the one who kind of started that policy in a sense where we need to intervene for the sake of a for democracy around the world or to protect democracy around the world and while William Jennings Bryan was somewhat in favor of that, he was not. I don't think he would be as aggressive but otherwise i that, i think that's it for this episode so i hope i hope you guys enjoy this episode and i think Ted especially because he did step up on short notice and take rohan's role for, for oh um,
1: yeah it was take a, on rohan yeah take uh, he pleasure. did take on
0: rohan's role really well you can say it,
1: it was a pleasure nick
0: yeah no problem I, no, like I said, I appreciate you coming on such notice, on such short notice. I would like you guys to also take a look at our social media, for example, on Instagram and Twitter. Is at Back to the Past P1. And if you also want any episode ideas, you could also tweet at us. For example, of a great fan of ours actually, he he actually tweeted at us asking to do an, an episode. It's an actually really interesting episode, and we might take a look at it. And we probably we might take a look at it in the future. And we can't say what the future is going to be like, but. Just know, if you do send us episode ideas, we will respond and we will look into those. So please, please send us us some some ideas. Or if you want to even collab, you can contact us directly or go on one of the numerous sites to find our contact details and we can be in further touch. Otherwise, that'll be it. And I hope you guys have a great night.